Ha! I didn't even have to tell myself to hit the button, stupid. <laughs> uh, so chapter 22 uh, of Second Samuel, <clears throat> uh, and of course, uh, if you've been in the Word at all, you realize that this is uh, just basically the same as Psalm 18. Uh, so when you have a chance, just compare the two and just see uh, all the things that are written there. Uh, but this is a song of David, uh, and many have written about this, uh, and we, we see that there's so many interpretations of it that are all good, uh, but so many people put different things on it, different ways to look at it. Uh, one of them have said that verses 2 to 20 just speak of uh, the prophet, uh, and then or I'm sorry, not some, verses 22 to, to 20, it speaks about the prophet. Uh, verses 21 to 32 speak of the priest. Uh, and then verses 33 to the end of the chapter just speak of the king. So prophet, priest, and king, and we know that there's only one that was all three, and that's Jesus. Uh, certainly the Lord speaks through people and speaks through the writings about the things that we have. Uh, but just to see Jesus in the midst of all of this is, is just a wonderful thing. Uh, it says this, David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. Certainly <laughs> not all our enemies are gone, uh, but the enemies that, that he knew about, the enemies that were there, but he wrote this down. Uh, just praising the Lord. We're going to see 28 times uh, in this chapter, uh, David speaking of my. Uh, and we know that usually when you speak of me, mine, uh, uh, it's usually not a good thing. But when you speak of the Lord in the sense of that he's my fortress, my deliverer, my rock, uh, you realize that these are, are good. They're, they're personal. Uh, they should be taken personally for us too that it should be all the things that David is saying here should be ours. Uh, the Lord is my rock. He is my deliverer. He is my hope. Uh, so we should just realize in all these things that they should be ours also. If David can say it, we can certainly say it uh, because he wants us to have that personal relationship with him where these things would become real in our lives. Uh, so uh, David says he is the Lord uh, my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. He's the God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. And, and just so so wonderful here. You could just sit and, and take a verse at a time, a verse a day, and just go through. And, and Lord, are you everything that David is saying here? Uh, are you to me everything in that place? Uh, are you my salvation in all my ways, my salvation for today, my salvation for my sins of past, my salvation for the future? Lord, are, are you all of that? Uh, he's my high tower. He's my refuge. He's my savior. And thou savest me from violence. And because he is all of that, then you can come to verse 4, uh, because he is everything that he says in, in 
verses 2 and 3, then you can get to verse 4 and say, I, because of all of that, then I'm going to call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And, and we know that uh, that's such a great song. You, you can put all these things to song and just sing them and uh, they become so real to you then. Uh, so because he is all of these things, because he is so personal with me, then I can call upon the Lord. Then I will call upon him for who he is. Uh, so uh, uh, another commentator has put it this way, verses 2 to 4 uh, speak uh, of praise of who God is because he hears us, because he listens to us, uh, because he is so intimate in our lives that, that we can have that relationship with him. Uh, and then uh, he says uh, in, in verses 5 to 7, then there's going to be a death that we see and we realize who it is that has died, who it is that's going to die. Um, says, when the waves of death compass me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compass me about. The snares of death prevented me or went before me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord uh, and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple and my cry did enter into his ears. Mm. Huh. Just an amazing picture of Jesus on the cross, uh, looking, uh, crying out to the Lord, uh, in the Lord hearing him, answering him, being with him, uh, sustaining him in the midst of it. It says, because God heard, because God heard. That's a great, it's a new word. Uh, it's in the dictionary. It's in the the, the new American student dictionary that you can say anything you want and it's got to be there. Oh boy. Uh, because he heard, then the earth shook in verse 8 and trembled. Uh, so there's God's war then against the enemy from verses 7 to 20. Uh, God's war against the enemy of coming against him, coming to that place. Uh, and he says the earth shook uh, the foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. And it says this in, in Matthew 27, uh, verses 51 and 52. Uh, uh, he says, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. As, as we see the, the work on the cross and the finished work of that, as God accepted Jesus' sacrifice, uh, God, if you remember when Jesus was on the cross, uh, there was darkness upon the earth for three hours, and then there was a great earthquake. And the rocks rent and, and were just split apart. Uh, as God just realized what the enemy had done to his son and what his son had come for. Just uh, an amazing picture as David writes all of this. And, and remember, he's writing this how many hundreds of years before Jesus even came? <laughs> how much time? And yet the Lord giving him prophecy uh, to speak these things. David certainly taking it personally, looking at his own life, but then also writing two things that were, that were prophetic. 
and just going to come to pass later on. And yet you and I can look at those things. And if God takes that much care of David, takes that much care of his son, how much care is he going to take for you and I? How much does he hear us as we cry out to him in our times of trouble? Uh, the, the promises that he gives us, that he's going to listen to us. The promises that he's going to hear us and that he's going to act in our behalf. Uh, just so sweet to see. So then the earth shook, trembled. The foundations of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. Then went up a smoke out of his nostrils and a fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. <laughs> That is an amazing picture. <laughs> As you just realize when, when God sp spoke and, and fire came out uh, and the coals were lit. And you think of Moses on top of the mountain, just lightning all around him. And, and yet standing in the midst because he's in the presence of the Lord and, and didn't quake because of it. It doesn't say anything about him quaking before the Lord. It, it just... The Lord was just protecting him in the midst of all this that was around him. The people saw it, and they were afraid to even get near the mountain. But Moses, just standing right there before the Lord, having all these things going on around him, and yet wasn't afraid. And I think of Mount Carmel also, the fire. Mm-hmm, with Elijah, yeah, yeah. But when God's presence is on you and in you and working with you, you don't have to be afraid of the things that are going on around you. <laughs> uh, and boy, what, what a wonderful picture. But it says in verse 10, Then he bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and did fly. <laughs> and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilions round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies, through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. His brightness just lit the coals that were around. His brightness. And we think, well, when I get before God, I'm going to tell him what I really think. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell him, why didn't you come and get me sooner, Lord? As we see all of this when we get to heaven, I don't think we're going to say anything like that. <laughs> It just doesn't come to mind when we're before him. What comes to mind is praise and honor and glory to the one who's able to do all of this. Because I haven't seen one person on earth walk through and, and have coals kindled just because of the brightness of, of his glory. There's only one, and it's the Lord. And, and just such a, a, a great picture. Uh, and, and certainly it should cause us to come to a place even more and more that we don't know God as well as we could, that we don't have that, that all knowledge that God has. We don't have all power like God has. And yet he comes, and, and the things of the world which are under sin are, are just kindled before him. Uh, and his fire devours those things. Oh. It says in verse 14, the Lord thundered from heaven. <laughs> and we get to hear it. And the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them. Lightning and discomfited them. 
it's it's amazing when uh, uh, remember when uh, a bunch of years ago back in the 90s I think uh, uh, we were in, in an apartment on French Road uh, uh, we had just moved into a, a, a place there uh, and a storm came through and remember on, on French Road and all that area all the it, the winds came through and they said it was a microburst uh, but all the trees were just toppled and in everything was just flattened uh, in the, the thunder and the lightning and we saw it coming looking out the window uh, and it was just amazing and I kept calling Kath you got to come in here and look at this I've never seen anything like this this is amazing I mean I've seen thunderstorms seen lightning but but this was just constant and it was just unbelievably powerful and for the earth it couldn't handle the Lord's presence but he preserved us in the midst of it. And it's just, that's what the Lord does. His power is all around us. But we're okay in him. And he takes care of us. Oh. But, but the world can't handle uh, that picture that's coming around. And, and, just, and, and of course, all the headlines were Mother Nature. Tore through Rochester yesterday. It's just This is not Mother Nature. His name isn't Mom. <laughs> and he came down to just show people part of his power. This is nothing compared to what God can do. And yet we see little bits of it and we shake and we tremble because there's a lot of power there. But do we know that power is working for us and for his glory? It, just, it, it should inspire awe in us. And just a realization that, God, you are alone in who you are. There is no one like you. There is nobody else but you, Lord. <clears throat> and David, uh, just writing all of this down, just seeing all these things, the Lord thundering from heaven, verse 14, uh, the Most High, he's uttering his voice, and he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomfited them, and the channels of the sea appeared, and the foundations of the worlds were discovered at the rebuking of the Lord, at the bl blast of his breath of his nostrils. It just, hmm. And, and just, woof. <laughs> I can't imagine that much power. But boy, it, it, as you see the pictures of it, and, and we, we don't know all the depths of it. We see little bits and pieces. But it should make us realize, Lord, there's more to you than what I know. So, Lord, draw me close and help me to see all of you. That even in the hardest of times, and that's what it's going to do. It's going to get us to a place of realizing that during the hardest of times that are around us, God is still above it. And he's still able to take care of everything about us. David at times didn't see a way out but God had ways for him. And God has power that, that we know not of, but he's so big, and we want to know the heights and, and the depths of his love for us. And he said in verse 17, he sent from above and he took me and drew me out of many waters. <clears throat> the waters of trial, uh, the waters uh, of just things that were going on that were just so amazing, uh, 
He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy. And as you look at it, you realize that we see the cross up above. But what do we see here? He delivered me from my strong enemy. And what does it say that Jesus defeated that was the last enemy? Was death. And where was he? He was in the grave. And he he defeated him. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me. For they were too strong for me. They were too strong in that sense of, of, of being a man. But being God, he had power in, in triumph over the grave. Triumph over who the enemy would want to bring in to be that last enemy. And yet God defeated him without trouble. The stone wasn't rolled away from the tomb so that Jesus could get out. It's so that we could look in and see that he was gone. Ugh. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. The, the enemy was all around. The enemy hated me. The enemy was too strong for me. They went before me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. As he looks and he says, these things were all real in my life, but God was the one who was my strength and my hope in the midst of all these things that were going on. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me from the small place that he had me in the, in the tomb. He delivered me and brought me into a large place. He, he brought me into heavenly places. Uh, and he delivered me. Why? Because he delighted in me. Do you know that God delights in you? And that, that's such a strange thing to think about, especially in the church. We think of this almighty God and this power that he has, uh, but we don't always think that God delights in me. If he delights in the Lord and the Lord is in you, then doesn't he delight in you? He delights in you because he made you. He knew you from before you were even in the womb. He knew you were coming. And he delights in you. Ugh. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. As we look at him now as a priest, uh, uh, just and another commentator said this is probably a great picture of just God raising him from the, the dead. He brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me from the bonds of death because he delighted in me. The Lord re re rewarded me according to my righteousness, and Jesus was righteous in all his ways. According to the clean cleanliness of mine hands, he hath recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them, and I was also upright before him, and have kept myself from mine iniquity. <laughs> and Jesus tempted in every way as you and I. And amazing as he was tempted of Satan in the wilderness, he, he kept his way, he kept his holiness, kept his righteousness, kept all the judgments. He didn't depart from them. He was always upright uh, and, and kept himself from iniquity, of, of letting the enemy talk him into a place of bowing down before him. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness. And 
as we look at that, we kind of shudder because we know we're not righteous. But if Jesus is in us and has saved us, then God sees us sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and we're righteous. We're holy before him because God has made us holy. Jesus' work on the cross has made you and I holy. And so we should act like it, shouldn't we? <laughs> Lord, help me to act holy. Help me not to act stupid. <laughs> help me in that place not to fall into temptation and to fall prey to those things that are around me that would make me want to sin. He has recompensed me according to my righteousness. And how does he recompense us? He brings us to heaven. And we're his children forevermore, for eternity. Ugh. And according to my cleanliness in his eyesight, he doesn't see any spot or blemish in us because Christ has made us pure and clean and holy. Ugh. With a merciful you will you excuse me, with a merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful, and with the upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure, and with the froward thou wilt show thyself unsavory. With, with those that are facing judgment uh, because they, they don't want the things of the Lord, they're, they're going to think he's unsavory, he's unwanted, he's, he's cruel. And the afflicted people thou wilt save. And that should be a clue for us that we're going to be afflicted. <laughs> Don't think we're going to go through this world unscathed. Uh, and, and it really bothers me with the name it's and claim it's that if you're really holy, that if you're really right, everything is going to be wonderful after you get saved. And scripture tells us <laughs> that we're going to have tribulation in this world. Always. We're going to face it. But we can face it in his strength and not ours. We, we can face it because he's given us strength to get through it. He, he doesn't give us those things to hurt us. He doesn't give us those things to drive us away. He gives us those things to show us how powerful, how wonderful he really is. And to then trust it with the other things that come our way. And if we can't face the things that we're facing now, how are we going to face things when they get worse? Because the Bible says that things aren't going to get better. We're not like some of the people in, in Congress that saying, oh, things are getting better. Can't you tell by the numbers? <laughs> I don't know what numbers they're looking at, but they aren't one, two, three, four. <laughs> numbers are getting worse. But, but if we can face these things now and be okay in the Lord, then what can we face later? Because he's not going to give us anything that we can't handle. He's going to make a way of escape for us. And when things get too bad, before things hit that, he's going to rapture us out of here. He's going to take care of us. He's going to deliver us. And as Paul says, and I hate it because I don't act like it, but these are light afflictions. I don't know what world Paul was in, but <laughs> he was definitely above my world. <laughs> these light afflictions, because some of these things hurt, and they go deep, and they cut deep. But they cut deep so that we can see how great a healer we have. But he went to the third heaven, right? He saw 
Mm-hmm. I think so. It helps. <laughs> you can get through this. Yeah. When you see what's coming. Yeah. And the more we can see of God's power, God's strength, the more we can get through the things we're facing now. These light afflictions don't have to take us down and cause us to despair. We should be rejoicing that God sees us fit, that we can handle these things, and that he's going to bring us through. We can handle them in his strength, not in our strength. And he gives us everything that we need for life and godliness. So, Lord, what, what, what is before me that I can't handle? And why can't I handle it? Because my focus isn't on you. It's on me and what I think I need. Ah. And what, what I think I have. Because evidently we don't have what we think we have if we're falling apart. <laughs> because he's given us more than that. We have a good God who loves us. Ugh. And so he, he goes on, uh, uh, and he says in verse 29, he says, because of all of that, he says, for you are my lamp. You are the light that I need to have in all of these troubles. You are the light that shows me the way to walk through them. You are my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. I'm in darkness, but God is going to lighten it. God is going to give me light through it. <laughs> oh, for by thee have I run through a troop. Uh, reminds us of the children, the patriarchs, doesn't it? Gad, I've run through a troop. And, but my God, have I leaped over, by my God have I leaped over a wall. Have you ever tried leaping over a, a wall? Especially lately. <laughs> I can't even get my leg high enough anymore <laughs> to get over a chair, much less over a wall. I mean, come on. <laughs> but in God's strength, you can do all those things. And what are walls symbolizing in some respects? Sometimes walls, you look at them and you look at their obstacles. They're preventing me from getting to a place that I need to get to. And he says, by, my, by the Lord's strength, he's going to have me leap over that wall, that wall of despair, that wall of doubt, that wall of unbelief that's before you. As the enemy throws those things there, he, he says, you're, you're just going to leap over those things because that's how much God is going to give you. Oh. <laughs> uh. I'd love to be able to leap over walls now. It'd be great, but <laughs> physically can't, but spiritually we, we have everything that, that we can do. As for God, his way is perfect. As the psalmist, as David gets to this place, he looks and he says, as for God, his way is perfect. There is no blemish in God's way. In you know, sometimes we cry out, Lord, what are you doing? I don't understand what you're doing. I think you made a mistake here. I don't think this should be for me. And for, it, it should be for Betsy because it can't be for me because <laughs> Betsy can handle it. I can't handle this. Come on. <laughs> but God's ways are always perfect. And as he, brings, as he brings things, as he allows things to happen in our lives, his way is perfect. And the, the biggest injustice we can do is to say, God, I think you made a mistake. I don't think this should be for me. Because if his ways are perfect, then they're good for us. 
And if they're good for us, then why am I doubting it? <laughs> oh. The word of the Lord is tried. It's tried in a furnace seven times, it says, that seven being the number of perfection. It's complete. His word is truly perfect in every way. He is a buckler to all of them that trust in him. He's the one who sustains them. He's the one who keeps them. He's the one who uh, saves them. He's the one that, that goes before them uh, into the battle and keeps them in the midst of it. For who is God save the Lord? As he asked this question, and I really think it's for those who are reading it afterwards, who is God save the Lord? There is no God but our Lord. There is none else. Who is a rock save our God? Who is the rock that we build that foundation on? Jesus Christ. God is my strength. Not might be, he could be, he is. <laughs> he is. And there's a promise in that. He is going to be your strength. But we need to trust in him and walk in those ways. He is my strength and my power, and he maketh my way perfect. We can't make our way perfect, but he does as he leads us through. That's why it's so important for us to be led by the Spirit of God and not led by our emotions, led by our flesh. But he's going to be everything that we need. He's going to make our way perfect. He's going to make our way the right way to go. Only he can do it. So why don't we go to him and trust him? Mm. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon the high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. <laughs> and you look at that, wow, that's strength. I don't even think Atlas could sit there and break a piece of steel, those steel beams. He says he just snaps those things. They're nothing to him. Just to show us how strong our God can be on our behalf. Uh, certainly an, an encouraging psalm for us just to trust him, just to let him be before us and just to let him uh, be the God that he wants to be for us. Huh. In verse 36, he says, Thou hast given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness has made me great. And, and you don't think of gentleness is making anyone great. But aren't you glad for the gentleness of God in your life instead of being rough? I know sometimes with the kids, look at them and they go, suck it up, buttercup. Come on, let's get going. You know, stand up and, and be what you're supposed to be. And it says here that his gentleness makes me great. Not his chastisement, his gentleness. His kindness leads us to repentance. His goodness that he shows to us as, as believers encourages us more than any rebuke could ever do, right? It, it's, it's for his glory. He's so different than what we think. He's not that old gray-haired man sitting upstairs just playing a harp and having people around him playing harps. Uh, we just get these awful pictures of him because the world paints these pictures and they say, oh yeah, that could be him. That's not him. 
<laughs> he is so different than any picture we could paint in our minds or our hearts. That's why the word is so encouraging that we stay in it and trust it and, and learn from it and let God minister to us. You've given me the shield of your salvation. And what's the shield there for? To quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. To quench every work that the enemy wants to throw at you. You think you're something being in Christ. Don't you know you're nothing? Don't you know we can squash you like a bug? Yeah, you can. But you got to get through my God to get to me. Hmm. That's when you start trusting God and you start believing the promises and you start realizing how true his word is. And that's why we read the word constantly just to get in there and let that word get into our hearts so that we trust it because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. And the more word you have in your heart, the more comes out of your mouth as you speak. Your gentleness has made me great. Not great in my eyes, not great in the world's eyes, but you've made me great because of who you are, Lord. You have enlarged my steps under me so that my feet did not slip. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I'm worried about my feet. <laughs> when I go downstairs now, the railing is my friend. It never used to be. You used to just jump over those stupid stairs, you know, and just forget stairs. Who needs steps? Now I'm hanging onto the railing for dear life. It's just like one, two, <laughs> shuffle down, shuffle up. You know, it's just, it, it's amazing. But he says, I'm going to make it so your feet don't slip. So you don't slip spiritually. And don't you want that? Yeah. The older you get in the Lord, do, do you not want to be in a place where you don't slip and slide into despair? You slide into unbelief. You, you slip into falling into sin. I, I don't want my ways to slip. I, I want to be strong in the Lord and for the Lord. But I can't do it on my own. I can't work myself up to it. It's got to be God that does it in me. But if I'm not reading the word, if I'm not in fellowship, if I'm not praising him and worshiping him, th then my tendency is that I'm going to fall into those things because it's, it's his word and his strength and his power and his presence in my life that's going to make me not slip. If, if it's left up to me, if I'm saved and, and I know it, then I don't have to read the word anymore and I don't have to do this anymore and I don't have to be in fellowship, I'm going to slip because I'm left to my own thinking. Well, this is who God is <laughs> when I don't even know because I'm not reading the word and I'm not seeing the truth of what it is. Uh, this psalm is just so encouraging. It's just so wonderful. It's good after getting beat up so many times <laughs> that it's good to have an encouraging one. Uh, you've enlarged my steps under me so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and destroyed them. Uh, I, I've looked after them and sometimes our enemies look too big for us and so we don't go after them to destroy them uh, and sometimes we like them so much that we don't want to destroy them. We like our comfort. We, we like our self-esteem. We like the things that pride brings. After all, the world keeps telling us we need to be proud and everybody gets a trophy, right? <laughs> the new thinking is just so wonderful, isn't it? It's just crazy. 
but I pursued after my enemies and destroyed them. Because he doesn't want the enemy to be in your life, being part of your life. He wants it destroyed before you. He wants that pornography out of your life. He wants that, that self-esteem, that, that self-worth driven out of you and destroyed. Because pride is such an awful thing. You look through scripture and you see how many times pride is mentioned and it's always in a bad way. <laughs> and he wants it driven from us. Those are the enemies he, he wants destroyed before us. Those are the things that we need to drive out. Remember when the, the people of Israel came in, we went through Exodus and we saw it and, and they chased out all the people of the land and destroyed them. The Lord told them to destroy them utterly. And why was that? So that they wouldn't be in the land distracting them and becoming part of their lives. And when he comes in and, and dwells in us, he doesn't want you to keep part of the rooms of your heart for the things that you like. I like those TV shows. I like hearing Dr. Phil tell me how wonderful I am or whoever doctor it is. <laughs> Some of those doctors, I, I don't need that stuff in there. It's no good for me. What I need in there is more of Jesus and less of me. <laughs> I pursued my enemies and destroyed them and turned not again until I had consumed them. I didn't turn back until they were completely taken care of. Not, we don't leave it till it's finished. And we're in these battles now, we're in these battles that are going to be here till we go home. And these battles are all around us. Don't give up because you defeated one enemy and you think I'm okay now. <laughs> You're still not okay. The Lord continues to show me the stuff that's in my heart that I didn't even know was still there. And he does it in the strangest way sometimes. Probably driving is the best example. Somebody cuts you off and all of a sudden you realize, I, I still got anger. <laughs> I still got the ways of the world in there because I just want to run up on them and bump their car and get them out of the way. What are you doing cutting me off? And what is it? It's pride. How dare people cut me off? Hello? Don't you know who I am? I'm a child of the king. Ha! He says, who do you think you are? Is that grace? Is that mercy? Is that gentleness? Oh, Lord. I lost gentleness and put self in there. And just, oh, it's just amazing the things that come out of our hearts. And we realize that without Jesus, we could do anything that the world is doing right now. If it wasn't for God changing us and holding us back and his Holy Spirit ministering to us, we would be just like the world doing everything the world is doing. Oh. Saw a picture yesterday and I forget what news it was on, but just people openly on the streets just giving each other injections of heroin and cocaine and, and all the other drugs in their necks. Openly on the streets because it gets to the system that much sooner. And really those are the only veins they probably have left. <laughs> but just giving each, each other shots and, and some one girl having a, a, just a little piece of glass and using it as a mirror so she could find the vein in her neck and give herself a shot. The awfulness that the place that we go to, but that's all they have right now. 
And you and I could go there if it wasn't for Jesus holding us back and keeping us. If it wasn't for his sustaining grace and his love, we would be there. Because we would tend to those things. We would go to those things. Well, if it makes the world happy, it should probably make us happy. But I can't picture putting a needle in my neck making me happy. It's just, mm. <laughs> I don't like needles to start with, especially coming at me. <laughs> don't want to see those things. Don't want to know it. Just, mm. But they do it. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? What we will do without Christ, but what we can do if we don't hang on to Christ and, and let him hang on to us. He wants to. But it's our choice. Are we going to be before him, being what he wants us to be? Or are we going to be before him, not being what he wants us to be? Oh, and certainly the choices are always there. Every day we have those choices. Lord, I want to be like you. So help me today to do that. <laughs> he says in verse 39, And I have consumed them and wounded them, and they could not arise. Yeah, they are fallen under my feet. Oh. For thou hast girded me with strength to battle. The Lord has done it. We aren't strong because of who we are, because of the choices we make. We're strong because of who God is and what he's made us. Them that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. Uh, just looking and, and we realize that, that the last enemy in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, it says that the last enemy to, to be defeated was death. Just again, speaking of what Christ has done and all that he is. And he says, they looked in, in verse 42, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, and he answered them not. <laughs> they looked around and there was none to save. And the Lord didn't answer them because they weren't really looking for him. They were thinking that they were looking to the Lord, but not. And even the church is in that place. And you see some of the headlines from the churches, and they're just awful. In parts of the Methodist church now, uh, they're encouraging their people not to use derogatory terms. And we think, well, that can't be bad. But then they listed some of those derogatory terms. He, she, husband, wife. Those are derogatory terms to the church. What are they doing with Jesus? He uses those terms. Why shouldn't we? But the church is now dictating who God is and what he's like instead of God saying, this is who I am, and this is what I'm like. It just shows when we get in the focus of having ourselves as God, then we change what God says. Keep in the word, and don't change his words. Let your heart be changed instead. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth, and I did stamp on them as the mire of the street, uh, showing for, for what they really were and did spread them abroad. You have also delivered me from the strivings of my people. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? We, we come to that place of seeing God 
And yet sometimes even the people in the church, because David said the strivings of my people and the strivings are against him because strife always comes against people. And he says the strivings of my people, the people that have come against me, my people have come against me. But you have kept me to be head of the heathen, a people which I knew not shall serve me. <laughs> Strangers shall submit themselves unto me. And we see that in the kingdom age, don't we? As we see all people coming to the things of the Lord and coming to the people of God. And as soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Uh, strangers are going to fade away and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth. <laughs> As he goes through all of that, and then he gets back to praising again. I'm glad he comes back to that. <laughs> the Lord liveth. Notice the ETH, if you got the King James, it means the praise is there now and it's going to be there forever. It's ongoing. That ETH is just an ongoing verb. The Lord lives and he continues to live. He's not going to die. I don't care what they said in the 60s, God didn't die. He's still alive. <laughs> and I am glad. The Lord liveth and blessed be my rock. He is blessed. And he is blessed. And we need to know him as such. He's not our buddy in heaven. He's not the old man upstairs. He's God Almighty. And he rules and reigns. And he's a blessed God. And he is a blessing for us. And exalted be the God of my of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avenges me. I don't have to take vengeance. God does it for me. And that bringeth down the people under me. And that bringeth me forth from mine enemies. Thou hast also lifted me up on high above them that rose up against me. Do you realize that God doesn't want you to stay in the depths of despair that that the world is in. He wants to lift you above those things. We're to be lifted up above the things of the world. Not to be part of it, but to be different from it. The enemy always wants to push you down and to put you under. God always wants to lift you up. The difference between what God wants to do and what our enemy wants to do. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen. Notice who we give, th give thanks to. It's the Lord. And who do we do it in front of? The world. Oh. That's why I think the boldness can be there for people when they face death, destruction by the hands of the world as they face execution because of their faith as they face chastisement as they face mockery that you can stand strong because you know who God is and you do it in front of them that's God's strength that's not our strength because we're people pleasers we want to be liked by people but God says I'm, I'm going to be your strength and I want you to do it in front of the heathen I want you to praise and that's why churches are still here that's why churches are in the open still in America, but not in other places, because God wants that in the open. The heathen are going to see it. 
And he says, I will sing praises to who? To your name, to your character, to your nature, to who you are. But if you don't know who God is, you don't know his nature, then, then you can't really sing praise to him. And again, that's why the word is so important. And he finishes up and he says, he is, not he might be, or he could be, but he is the tower of salvation for his king and showeth mercy to his anointed unto David and unto his seed forevermore. <laughs> we have a glorious God that we serve uh, and he loves us so much. This is such an encouraging place to, to come to in the midst of Absalom and all the other things that have been going on and Bathsheba and all the sin that's around and, and all of a sudden David just, the Lord puts it in there I think just to encourage us. <laughs> and, and it is. Go to those places at times when you're discouraged and in despair that God is your strength. 28 times he says the Lord is. The Lord is. And he's mine. Uh, and Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, that we have your word, such a precious gift that you left for us, Lord, to encourage us, to instruct us, uh, at times to rebuke us, but for our good. Lord, may we know your word, but may we not just read it to read it, Lord. May we read it to know you in the midst of it and to have our heart changed because of it. We don't want to read it just so that we can quote scripture to somebody and, and feel good about it. We want to read it so that we can be changed because we know that we're these ungodly sinners in these tents that need to be changed. We need to be changed by you. We don't want to be changed by the ways of the world. We want to be changed by you for your glory, for who you are. Lord, may we know you well in these days, in these times, in, in these times of our life. May we know you well, Lord. We're facing things that we never thought we'd have to face. And yet, Lord, we're in this place and we need to know you for these days that we're in, for these times we're in, for the age that we are. We don't know how much longer we have, but we do know that however long we have, we want to spend that time with you and we want to know you in it. So help us with it, Lord. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your strength. And Holy Spirit, may you just fill us afresh and fill us to overflowing with who you are. That we could be your anointed in these days, in these times, in this world that we're in until you come and get us and bring us home. And we'll give you glory and honor because you're the only one that's worthy. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.